Hello, and welcome to the What Manners Most podcast. I'm Thomas Farley, Mr. Manners. Thank you so much for joining us. I've been giving a lot of thought lately to silver linings, and although they may seem few and far between in this time of the global pandemic, I think that if we look hard enough, they're all around us. And for me lately, one of the greatest areas that is giving me comfort is the way performers of all types have been stepping up and sharing their gifts virtually, whether it's a high school student whose performance of Into the Woods was canceled or a Broadway star whose show has been closed down as the bright lights of Broadway have been dimmed. I, in fact, was supposed to be seeing West Side Story a couple of weeks ago, but of course that did not happen. And yet these performers are so gifted that their talents cannot be contained. Not even the global pandemic, not even the coronavirus can contain their talents. And one of those individuals who is helping showcase the talents of singers, dancers, jugglers, fire throwers, you name it, is a longtime friend of mine named Jim Caruso. He is the MC for a weekly event at a terrific historic jazz club in New York City called Birdland. And Jim, my gosh, has worked with everyone from his good friend Liza Minnelli to the Osmond family to John Bon Jovi and everyone in between. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Jim, hearing not only about how he is persevering and how he is allowing performers to shine as brightly as they do, but also what are some takeaways for the rest of us? How can we who are at home and perhaps with kids and schooling from home and working from home, what are some of the ways that we can take comfort and derive hope even in the midst of our current situation? That conversation with Jim Caruso coming right up. So welcome back. As I mentioned, we are joined today by a very good friend of mine who is just one of these bright lights of New York. You you meet him and he just he completely illuminates a room with his personality and it shows in his scope of friends. I feel like he's the kind of person who could be friends with just about anyone and, and make you feel like you are his best friend. But Jim Caruso, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, that's the best intro I've ever had. I want to know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, well, anybody should be so lucky as to know you, Jim. I have been so impressed. So for those who are not in New York and have not been to Birdland, which is this iconic midtown jazz club where Jim hosts these weekly nights that are just so well attended and you never know what famous face you're going to see when you walk in there. Birdland, Jim, I was I was on the Birdland website and... Gosh, I was just looking at your calendar, which is still the, you know, what the calendar would have been at this time. And it is remarkable. I mean, the talent that you have coming through there on a regular basis. And it really, it just made me so sad as I was looking at all these wonderful performers that were lined up to, to perform at Birdland. Now, obviously all not happening, but you've found, I think, a really inventive way to bring the power of music and the power of camaraderie to the Birdland family and even well beyond. Oh, well, that's, really nice. I fell into Birdland about 17 years ago. I was hosting this crazy open mic night called Cast Party, and the venue in which we were doing it closed. And so I was at liberty, (laughs) which is a nice way to say, out of luck. (laughs) 
And I met the owner of Birdland. He invited us to do a Monday night or two in the club. Monday is when I always do cast party because it's Broadway's dark night, of course. And most of my show, this open mic, was filled with Broadway people. So we did a few. It was a big success. We had great crowds. So literally 17 and a half years later, we're still there every single Monday. But Birdland was a, was a great gift to me. Doing Cast Party has been, has been, you know, who knew an open mic night would change my life. And what happens in these nights? So you're kind of part maitre d', part MC, part performer, part everybody's best friend, part <laughs> gong show. I don't know, although there's really not, no gonging that is ever necessary because the, the performers are just so wonderful most of the time. Tell us how you've been able to transition from that wonderful experience that's so, you know, what I love about it, Jim, frankly, is on any given cast party night, you you just, and you perhaps don't even know, the attendees don't know quite what to expect. It's very much who walks in the door that night and who wants to step up on stage. And But again, the talent is just staggering. You're right. It's crazy. It is essentially an open mic night, but because of the quality of musicians that I have on stage with me, Billy Stritch at the piano, who was Liza's musical director for almost 30 years, and Tony Bennett, and Marilyn May, and Charles Aznavour. He's at the piano, Steve Doyle on bass, Daniel Glass on the drums, plus we're at Birdland. So it's all of that has helped bring in a very upper echelon of Broadway and jazz and pop performers. But that doesn't mean that it's not still an open mic night. I never know who's coming. Literally, we, we open the doors at quarter to nine for a 9.30 show, and I have a pad with nothing on it. So it's terrifying every single week, but every <laughs> single week we end up, you know, at the end of the night, like with this incredible show, 20, maybe 20 performers. Some of them are legendary. Some of them are up-and-comers. Right off the bus, you know, they come to New York and they come right in to see us. Birdland started in the late 40s, not in the space that we're in now, but uh, and it was named after Charlie Yardberg Parker, a brilliant jazz musician. And he didn't own it, but it was named for him and he was there all the time. His nickname was Yardbird, so they called it Birdland. And it was on Broadway and 52nd Street at that point. 52nd Street was called Swing Street because every jazz club worth its salt was on 52nd Street. So that was very successful for many, many years. And I mean, it was Duke Ellington, Billie Holiday, every big band. It was the place to be. After quite a few years, it closed. Our current owner, Johnny Valenti, decided it was time New York had a Birdland again, spoke to Charlie Parker's widow. She gave him the name and he opened back up. And I walked into the place 17 and a half years ago with my idea for cast party every Monday. And we've been there every single Monday. Jim, you have had some of the the biggest, bold-faciest names that anyone who loves theater and loves performing would have just given a limb to see. Could you just, for our indulgence, could you give us some of the names that you've had the joy to work with through the years at Birdland? It really started in the beginning because I was working with Liza Minnelli. Liza would come 
every week and sing and be part of the fun. She was a huge asset. Natalie Cole, John Bon Jovi, uh, Hugh Jackman, Martin Short, jazz legend, Janice Siegel of the Manhattan Transfer, Broadway stars, Linda Lavin, uh, Patti LuPone, Donnie Osmond, uh, who made me an honorary Osmond brother, Carol Channing. What? Wow. That's fantastic. What is it like having that as a part of your life for the past 17 years every Monday? Suddenly, with coronavirus, having all of that, just like all of us in our own lives, having that ripped out from under you, what was that experience like in those initial days, first couple of weeks? What was that like for you as someone who's so social and and so gregarious? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, there's the financial nightmare of it, which was my first freak out because not only do I do cast party, but I'm one of the two bookers at Birdland. I do concerts all over the country with Billy Stritch. We do cast party all over the country. We sing at Bemelman's Bar at the Carlisle Hotel every Sunday. All of that came to a screeching halt. Every single job stopped. Yes. I wasn't taking it personally because everybody I knew was in the exact same boat, so it, it can't become a poor me situation. But, you know, once you get over the fact that it's not a poor me situation, you're still you and you're in your own movie, in your own home apartment here in New York. So it becomes very depressing and you do feel sad. And I don't know if I went through a little bit of a depression those first two weeks, but I'll say I never left my bed. (laughs) (laughs) I I watched all 156 episodes of West Wing Uh in a row. (laughs) kind of with the covers pulled over my head, plus the fact that I was hearing about friends of mine who were sick. So, you know, I I think that was a very dark time for everyone. All of a sudden, I got on Instagram Live, which I'm wont to do, yes, and started talking and seeing some friends who I would click on and we'd all talk publicly. And I made one of them sing for me. He's an incredible singer from Sydney, Australia. And he got out his guitar and sang. And all of a sudden, we started to have a bit of an audience because he's very social media savvy. Mm -hmm. Then I saw somebody else, and then they sang. And then Dorinda Medley from Real Housewives of New York City clicked in, and she just talked to everybody and was funny and charming and crazy, you know. And all of a sudden, we had 600 viewers and about 12 wonderful performances. My friend Marcus juggled fire in his backyard for us. <laughs> I went to bed so happy and jazzed, and I thought, we can do this. Why can't we do this? Next day, my friend Ruby Lochner, a 20-year-old producer from Nashville, that's right, 20, wow. called me and she said, we need to do this, and I want to help you, and I know how. I said, huh? She said, you have to get it off Instagram because you can't see anybody and it's torture. So so she learned a platform called StreamYard. And the next Monday, we had our very first pajama cast party. It was thrilling. We had 3,000 views. I had 12 singers, some of the greatest singers in the world, I might say, who we booked ahead of time. Yes. And we did the second one last week, and we're about to do the third one. 
So come on, show business continues. That's fantastic. What is your secret as someone who is, as I said, so, so good with people, what is your secret for connecting with people when you can't be in the same room with them, when you can't hug them, when you can't shake their hand? Yeah. How do you how do you establish that same kind of rapport with these individuals through video? What are, what are some ways that we might be able to do that? Well, I mean, first I would say don't push yourself. I think I needed that two weeks. Some people need more. Some people are still going through it. Because I think there's a period of mourning, not to sound dramatic, but that we all have about our lives. It's going to take a long time for our lives to be exactly like they were. That was a very sobering thought to me, and still is. But it took me two weeks to kind of, in the words of Cher, snap out of it (laughs) and figure out, how to be me again. I think everybody's on on their own broom, as a friend of mine says, Mm -hmm. to figure out their way to get out of it. You have to, at some point, you have to figure out the road to finding yourself again. My way now in retrospect seems obvious. Of course I do cast party. But at the time, I couldn't imagine how we would make that work. What do you think the future is, Jim, for performance spaces? What does that look like when you forecast out, if you even want to go there? What does this look like for you, who is about the in-person? And does Pajama Party last beyond whatever that future looks like? Well, you know, what do I know? I'll start with that. But (laughs) post-pandemic, I can't even believe we're using that word. I, I know that Birdland will be playing an important role in the comeback of New York City. Mm -hmm. It's been here for 30 years. So in some way, Birdland will be entertaining New York. It's going to, I think it's going to take some time for people to feel comfortable sitting side by side in a theater. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine being in a Broadway house right now and having somebody cough on your neck? Right. I would flip out. Yeah. However, I can't wait to go to a show again, you know, to be entertained. And and the same with music rooms. I think a lot of these smaller rooms, like Birdland, which seats 150, are going to have to be very careful and be very obvious that they are making changes. Like, do we remove some tables so people aren't sitting so close? And let the, the public know that. Know that we are thoughtful of this, whatever it takes to visually see that these venues are knowledgeable and thoughtful about the topic. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the philanthropic component of what you're doing with Pajama Cast Party. So you're, anybody can join, anybody can watch, they don't have to pay, but they are so inclined. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's it's half philanthropic, half help Jim (laughs) pay for food. And Ruby, we have a tip system that if you're enjoying what you what you're seeing you can tip via venmo or paypal Mm -hmm. and every week i'm such a huge fan of the actors fund and every week i send a check to the actors fund kind of based on whatever we end up making which has been a privilege and a joy to be able to do the actors fund i don't know if you know has been around for over 100 years. It's an organization that takes care of anybody in the business. And I mean the guy who pulls the curtain, 
the usher, the dancer, the writer, the singer, the lighting, the costumes, the wigs, the makeup, anybody in the country, not Broadway, in the country who is having financial trouble, has health issues. So the Actors Fund is a bunch of angels. Hmm. And so I'm always happy to uh, do whatever I can for the angels. I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to ask you, would you given these times that we're living in, is there is there a song, is there a bar, is there a, a stanza that you might share with us to help inspire us and help us get get through this? What comes to mind is a song that's on my my last album. The special thing about this recording is that it had a man named Bucky Pizzarelli on guitar. Bucky was a jazz legend and played for everybody. If you if you Google him, you'll faint because he played for Sinatra. He played for Ella. He played for every superstar. And way into his 80s was playing great. He played on this cut. He died two weeks ago. He had not been in good health, but the virus got him, and uh, he passed away, which is a huge loss to the music world and to his beautiful family. We did this song together, and it's <laughs> I loved it before, but now it's just a treasure. Uh, it's a song from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, God, it's early, and, and I've had one coffee, but I, I just love the lyric. I could while away the hours. Conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching. If I only had a brain, I could tell you why the ocean's near the shore. I could think of things I never thought before. And then I'd sit and think some more. I'd not be just enough and my head all full of stuff and my heart all full of pain. And at last I could love you and be even worthy of you if I only, if I only had a brain. Get it for Bucky Pizzarelli. Get it for that beautiful performance, and then buy everything he ever recorded. He's a genius. Jim, I think that's that's such an appropriate choice of musical selection for this time that we're living in, because I think it's on all of us to put our brain to what we can do. I want to just give you an opportunity to share how people can connect with you, find you, experience Pajama Cast Party and Birdland when Birdland is up and running. What are, what are the best ways for them to do so? My website is jim-caruso.com. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at jimcaruso1, mm-hmm. the number one. And YouTube, which is where Pajama Cast Party is, is on my channel, which is Caruso. 212, like the area code. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I hope you wrote all those down. You, I, listening, they, the listening public. We, You know, what we're <laughs> going to do, we're going to put them in the show notes. So even oh, if they, that's so nice. If they didn't have a pen and paper handy, uh, we, 
We're gonna we're gonna make <laughs> it super easy. People still use pen and paper, <laughs> like with my cassette player. Right, yeah. right. I thought you were gonna say reel to reel, but you you uh, yeah, upped oh, the game a little bit with the cassettes. I, no, I miss cassettes. I liked cassettes. You know where you stood with a cassette. Jim, thank you so much for the conversation, for sharing how you are continuing to bring joy both to others and to yourself and doing what you do best. And I think you're really inspiring. And I know your story is going to inspire so many others. Oh, God. Well, nothing would make me happier. And I just want people to to remember who they are and to find a way to continue doing that. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, my friend. I'll be back with some closing thoughts right after this. There's a writer by the name of Brianna Wiest who's been posting daily to her Instagram some thoughts and reflections on where we are in this moment as a culture and as a globe. And she posted something to her account a couple days ago that really hit home for me, and I'd like to share it with you. Brianna writes, You have an opportunity right now, not to necessarily become better, but maybe to become more settled, more whole. Maybe you're being given a chance to quiet everything around you so you can hear your own voice. Maybe you're being given a chance to step into more of who you were meant to be, not less. Maybe what you're feeling is a massive collective reset, a chance to stop thinking about why you can't morning routine and bullet journal and read and encourage your way into a life you never wanted in the first place. Right now, the question you have to be asking is, what do I actually want to return to? And I think those words are ringing through my head as I consider what Jim and I were talking about just a few moments ago and how we do not know what the world of performance, we do not know what the world of attending a show will look like in a few months' time or in a year's time. But what we certainly do know is that at their heart, in their heart of hearts, performers need to share their gifts and we need to embrace that. And What an incredible opportunity for all of us as we let go of our fears and share our talents, whatever they are, as Jim said, whether it's being out in the garden or being in front of a camera and broadcasting to the globe. This is the opportunity not to be shy, not to be fearful, but to do what it is that makes us happiest. And boy, if we could take that lesson out of this, what a wonderful lesson that would be. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you've got questions, send them my way. You can reach me through my website, which is whatmannersmost.com. You can also check in with me on social media at Mr. Manners, Mr. being spelled out. And I look forward to seeing you next time on the podcast where we take a journey to what matters most. Mm-hmm.